0: Hello and welcome to the North Avenue show. This is Andrew Curtin speaking and you're very welcome to episode number 12. This week we have Fossil Tulport on the show. Fossil is the founder and CEO of Cinch Group. Cinch Group has a range of different companies from consulting to property to technology. Fossil is often seen on TV and in various other media platforms discussing business, entrepreneurship and different strategies. So I hope you really enjoy the show Take care. Fossil, thanks for calling in. No problem. Anytime, Andrew. Thanks for having, having me on board. Great to have you on the show. Always good to get new guests on the show, especially from different countries. You're, what's your, you're a Pakistan native, Fossil, is that right?
1: I, I, I am a Pakistani native, that's right.
0: When did you come to the UK? Uh, 1997 to be precise. So it's been like 22 years Yeah. And you're after some good success in the UK. You're CEO and founder of Cinch Group and you have five or six different companies. Could you tell us a bit about your companies?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, The best way to perhaps explain or um, describe myself is I'm just uh, passionate about uh, business really. So, uh, and I get board very easily in one business which is why I went on to do uh, other bits and bobs so yeah so I've got um, I've, our business portfolio has got a property investment company uh, we have got a technology company we have got a media and marketing company we have got call centers we have got uh, a consultancy company um, where we consult people on technology as well as business growth um, and um, I suppose the fourth or the fifth uh, is where we go out and we also now create entrepreneurs so that's called the Entrepreneur Maker. We transform professionals into entrepreneurs and we set up entire businesses for them. And is that your main business now at the moment? Um, so my uh, all my businesses are main in a way, Andrew, but it's my focus that changes. So what I tend to do is I um, get into a business yep. and then uh, my philosophy is based on these four things, which is organize, prioritize, automate, and delegate. Okay. Right. So I go into a business and then I, uh, you know, uh, put uh, make, make sure it's uh, uh, running up to a certain standard. And then I start automating things when I'm happy with it. And that's where I get myself out from that business. And then I start focusing on the second business. So it's almost like, you know, uh, creating engine one, let it, letting it run and just keeping one eye on that engine, making sure that that is running. And then you start building engine two. I <laughs> Um, so, so, so from my point of view, all of them are um, uh, the uh, the you know all, all of my focus just changes on the one which I'm building at that point in time. So, um, to answer your question, right now we are building the entrepreneur maker. So our real focus is entrepreneur maker because technology, real estate, uh, media and marketing, and the call center side of things is is running the way it's meant to be running.
0: And tell us faster, because you're after a lot of uh, business and more specifically financial success. Could you tell us what was your first business and what was the most successful business when you came to the UK was it the property business where you gained success uh, the, the success the most successful business was
1: uh, the property business correct but that was actually my fourth or the fifth try in business right And I suppose this is uh, an important takeaway because, you know, people just uh, try and get into business and if it doesn't work, they just, uh, you know, wash their hands of it and they come out and thinking, you know, business is not for them. But it's just like anything, you know, the moment you um, sit behind a wheel in a, uh, you know, uh, sit behind a wheel in a car, you just do not know how to drive it straight away. And, and, and the first time you, um, you know, have your hiccups or whatever, you just don't stop driving, you keep on driving, or you keep on trying at least until you learn how to drive. Uh, and exactly the same thing applies in business. So to answer your question, property Uh, was my first successful business but if I can uh, recall it right it was was my fourth and fifth attempt because I had tried finance before I had tried um, uh, import and export before I had tried consultancy before I had tried a few things before I got into property
0: yeah and and just tell us what type of property business is it So uh, what we uh, did was uh,
1: this is one of the things. So when I set up the business, this was height of credit crunch or uh, financial crisis two thousand seven two thousand eight. Right, uh, so yeah. we got into distress sales and repossessions. Right, uh, in America they call it foreclosures, which is where you have got for whatever reason you've got a vendor who would like to sell his property, um, you know, uh, quicker uh, in the market, and they can't find a buyer, and that's where we go in and we negotiate a deal and we and we do that, and we also did a lot of student apartments. Right, yeah. uh, which used to be, uh, you know, uh, the buzzword at that point in time. So we used to do a lot of student apartments, but prop, uh, uh, distress sales and repossessions was our prime uh, focus and 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 revenue generation stream.
0: So you were kind of dealing with uh, homeowners who were struggling to pay their mortgages. You'd come in and help them. Get out of arrears, Essentially, take the property off their hands. Would I be right in saying that? Uh, that was one correct. So that's that's the right
1: way to put it. But there was a lot more than that. So you you would have people in 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 a stagnant market when properties would not sell so quickly. Um, you would have people uh, for various reasons. So we had people who would want to move to China because they got a job and they wanted to get rid of the property. Right. Uh, you had people in the chain uh, who wanted to buy their dream home, but they could not sell their own property to buy that dream home, and the dream home uh, was ready to be bought uh, you had people we literally had people where uh, uh, you know they had uh, a medical emergency so uh, you know uh, you know uh, we had uh, somebody who contacted us and um, he wanted to sell his property to uh, for the cancer treatment of his wife right yeah. um, so it was health related it was uh, you know uh, demographics geography related relocation related uh, dream properties related yes and of course financial crisis and mortgage related as well
0: and I I know it's quite it's quite a developing market that uh, market uh, we were just talking about. But were you essentially kind of like a a broker or middleman where you had a list of investors and then a list of sellers, and you just joined the two of them together, and you kind of get your commission between the two of them? Is that the way you worked, or you actually just buy the properties for cash off these homeowners? So initially when I got into the game, Andrew, it was for me to build my own property
1: portfolio, right? Uh, but I found myself to be um, or my team to be very, very efficient, right? Um, and, and what that meant was we were sourcing a lot more than that we could buy, right? Um, so that's when I set up a, what I call property investment sales arm to the company, Right. So the way uh, property would, uh, would come in, uh, it would take two routes. Initially, it would take the route of us considering whether we would want to buy this property and add to our portfolio. And if it wasn't for our portfolio and if it did not fit the bill, then it would go to my property investment sales um, side of things. And we still made some money at the back of that in terms of uh, brokering it.
0: Yeah. And are you still using them strategies today or have you moved on to different property um, mm. strategies? No. So uh, that strategy really only works
1: if you have got a financial turmoil, um, and which is which is what it's looking like, you know, the way Brexit is going and the way other things are going. But no. So we have not been actively doing that for like four years now because it's yeah, improved. I'm
0: just... <laughs> Uh, yeah I was just going to say about the need for your service could be coming quite fast again because property prices seem to be shooting down especially in London anyway
1: yeah, absolutely spot on, and um, because uh, the way uh, my mind works, you know, I structure things. Uh, you know, I put processes and workflows and whatever. So when we were uh, mothballing the operation, uh, because obviously, you know, running a proper property operation costs a lot of money. So when we when the markets improved and our margins reduced and and you know other few reasons, when we were mothballing the operation, uh, we decided um, that I mothball it in such a way that I can uh, literally uh, you know reignite it. Or or, or restart it whenever I want. Um, So that's where it is. So it's literally a a button press away now. So when the markets are are right, we just go back into it literally.
0: Yeah. And and could you tell us, Faisal, about you also have a a software technology company, uh, Singe Technologies. Could you tell us a small bit about the software and what it actually does to add value?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, two things um, are the more uh, are uh, you know the core takeaway words for this. One is integrated software. Right. Um, so what we what we do. So my my techno my background is techno. My background is technology, by because my a- academics is computer science. Right. Um. So so one of the things which we realized within uh, the technology field. One of the you know right. So from my point of view, before I get into any business, and this is important to understand, I suppose is is that you know we do a lot of research, Andrew, because you know any of these fields that I'm in, you will realize they're all super saturated markets. Right. you've got to find your ground, you've got to find your positioning, right? Uh, And if you think that there is, uh, you know, uh, there's a gap in the market, and there's a market in that gap, that's when we say, okay, excellent, you know, this is where we can explore. So we started to identify, um, you know, gaps uh, in the market, uh, seven, eight, nine years ago, right? Uh, So one of the biggest gap that we identified and we found was in the word integrated didn't exist, because you had one company, uh, for example, has got like 10 different functions. So you've got the, the HR department you've got the finance department you've got the you know the the, the product uh, sourcing and, and selling departments right um And all of these uh, companies and even a a one man band has got to deal with all this. And then you've got a 50, uh, 500 people company, you know, and then the uh, 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 problem becomes even more complex. So we just thought that, you know, a lot of these companies, either they are on legacy systems uh, and they're using their old old method of doing whatever. But more importantly, um, their software was not talking to each other. Okay, um, so just to give you a small example, you've got um, the HR department, which is looking after the in and out of every single individual in the company, and you know the 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 holidays that they're taking, and 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 you know when the salaries are going up and down and whatever, and they spend a lot of time manually informing the finance department, who actually releases the salaries at the end of the month, right? there's a lot of manual work involved and I'm like but both of them are using systems but the systems are not talking to each other so that's where the integration concept came up so we started developing integrated software suites. And the second was, uh, because I was, uh, I still am uh, passionate about entrepreneurs and businesses, we developed a uh, platform called Business Pronto, uh, which actually is, uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, is supposed to be uh, world's first entrepreneurship platform. Um, so that's where the entrepreneurs can actually go in there and set up their entire business operations end to end.
0: Yeah. And just to software companies, I suppose, who are you selling the the in- integration software too was it small businesses or were it medium size or what kind of client were you going for?
1: Right, so um, again, very good question. Because uh, from our point of view, we thought it is best that we cater uh, for all. Um, and I know it's a strategy which a lot of people would uh, detest and not take. But what we did was we brought it down to a level whereby we started developing uh, in programming language. We call it objects, or you you know, in 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 layman terms, we can call it modules. So if you do things on a modular level or on a granular level, then if somebody comes to us and says, listen, today we fancy a, a Ford Fiesta, we can put together a Ford Fiesta and give it to them. If the, after tomorrow they come back and they say, you know what, we fancy a Rolls Royce, uh, we can put together Rolls Royce and we can give it to them. So, to answer your question, uh, the way we structured our um, software uh, and how we build our software was something that could cater for a one man band and it catered for um, uh, some of the biggest companies. So, our largest uh, client, to give you an understanding, is uh, the second largest uh, private insurance company in Bangladesh Uh, and they are I think 400 offices strong and maybe about 15,000 people strong. Uh, That's our largest client and our smallest client is uh, literally a nurse who works in
0: NHS in healthcare. And tell us how much is your largest client paying per month or per module for that service? How much is what sorry? How much does your largest client pay for that service? Sure. Right. So
1: uh, again, it depends on what we are selling and and, and how we are selling it. Right. Um, A lot of it um, depends also on their business model. So this is another thing. Price points and um, how you charge money um, can, um, you know, be a deal killer or a deal breaker, right? And we kept it flexible. So there are people in the world, they hate contracts. And then there are people in the world who say, yes, we will work with you only if you get into a contract with us. So we kept our models very flexible uh, on both fronts. Then you've got people in the world who will say, we'll be happy to pay uh, for each and every subscriber or each and every user of the system. And then there are people in the world who will say, you know what, I don't like that model. Can you give us a package deal please, right? Um and especially with you know organization like um this uh, insurance company, they're so big. If you were to charge them uh on a subscription basis, that would um literally uh, be a lot for them. So, um the way this was working was um uh you know, so it was like a 1000 pounds um uh, subscription a month. 1000 pounds subscription. Company. Yes. That's reasonable. <laughs> Yes, you know absolutely, and and uh, it was thousand pound subscription a, a, a month for just one software. So we gave them three.
0: Okay, good. He gave them he gave them some value, some extra value. So, so it, this was so this was going to come to roughly like three grand a month, if that makes sense. Ah yes, ah yes. That's uh, that now now it seems a bit more sweeter. or it's too good to be true, there for starters. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and from our point of view, um, it was um, just two trainings for
1: them right? And we just had to deploy. So from our point of view, once you've, the good thing about um, the software world, Andrew, is that it's almost like writing a book, right? Once you've written the book, all you have to, and if it is a good book, and if, you know, and people like it, the only thing you really have to worry about is two things. One is, Print enough copies. Whenever there is a need, you just keep on printing the same copies because you've done the hard work once. And the second is every time it starts to go, um, you know. So if it's if you realize that you know it needs like a new preface to it, you know, um, you just you just you just write a few one one or two chapters to give it a fresher look and a fresher perspective of the current day market. And you know you've got uh, you've got to your
0: book which can last for centuries and decades. Exactly. And Faisal, I've seen you on TV a few times and you, you're, you've, you're in the media quite a lot. You're trying to pursue that career. I, I was talking to you before, you said you're, you're building some new media platforms and you're producing some new content for listeners and viewers. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, absolutely. So um, what drives me,
1: um, to be honest with you, um, Andrew, and uh, uh, now is um, helping others um, achieve their goals. By way of entrepreneurship, or by way of them getting into business, right? That is what is my driving force because um, I've been blessed with uh, you know setting up a few businesses and you know um, you know and, and and a few successes um, to my name, which is great. But now I'm trying to help others, and I find one of the best way to help people uh, is um, d- by doing literally what you're doing. You know things like podcast coming onto television because all of a sudden you know. Because the message hardly changes, right? Now, I could be doing that message or giving that message on a one-to-one in a meeting or on a phone call, um, you know, or I could be going on to mass media or internet, social media, and I could be giving the same message to hundreds of thousands and millions, Right, yeah. um, and of course, and there, then, then there are aspects where I'm going to be charging for some of it, and there's going to be a lot of aspects where I'm not going to be charging. So, a lot of this um, uh, advice that I've been giving, especially on the television, um, is a lot of companies. For example, you know, things like one of the things I teach is how to build recession-proof businesses, right? And because most of my businesses, whenever I when I was establishing my businesses, it was in the deep deepest of recession. So, I have got that. Experience, and I have been parting with that experience uh, on on, especially on television, um, as well, uh, and on media for free, because I do want people to benefit. Of course, you know I can't go into uh, uh, into uh, you know the deep tactics and strategies, but uh, at least I can give them a flavor of what it's like. So, um, so I am now looking to do um, a lot more of exposure on television, on social media. Uh, obviously, I've got a YouTube channel, which I've got to um, make proper use of, uh, if I may say so. Um, so that's where this is heading, hopefully.
0: Yeah. And I suppose you're in the world of business coaching and training, with your entrepreneur maker program, uh, could you tell us a small bit more about the entrepreneur uh, maker program? If I join up, what what is the process if I if I join the program?
1: So um, the way this works is, again, it has come it has come from uh, you know my previous experience and dealing with a lot of people and speaking to uh, and having numerous meetings over the last you know 5, 10, 15 years. And then on top of that, putting the right structure together um, to offer this out to uh, the people. So, so, so say for example, if you were to let's talk about your journey. So let's say if Andrew was to come on board and say, you know, I want to sign up for Entrepreneur Maker Program. So the first thing we would do, literally step one would be we would identify uh, who you are, uh, what you have been doing thus far, right? You know, so what are your skill? What what are your skills, expertise, experience, knowledge? You know, what is Andrew all about what is Andrew made of right? Um, and we will find out your unique abilities. We would find out, you know, your superpowers, your, your, you know, your, you know, the way you can do certain things without even blinking an eye, what comes second nature to you? What is your, your, you know, your, your first language? Um, and, you know, what is basically, in other words, you know, what is your, 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 your genetic makeup? Yeah. What makes Andrew unique? Yes. Right. And then we would go out in the market and we would identify, Um, you know, who would pay Andrew the most amount of money, uh, for what Andrew can provide as a product or a service for the least amount of effort on Andrew's part. Okay. Okay. Um, because one of the ways of running a business is the smart ways of running a business is you don't need to be slogging. You do, you should not be, uh, you should not find yourself immersed in it. The business should not consume you. Yes. Right. So it is important to get that model right, the very basic model right. So let's say once you've identified who Andrew is and what he can really offer, uh, and in the best way possible, uh, we go out into the market to identify there is a market and we validate whether that market will be able to, most importantly, pay money for what Andrew can offer, right? right. Uh, Once we have identified that, we come back on the drawing board, we sit with you, and then we uh, formulate products or services or offers as to what can it be. It could be a consultancy, it could be a product, it could be a service that you can make most money off at the back of the skills that you've got currently available, Mm -hmm. because we have got now valid uh, proof, validity, that the market is actually paying for the kind of service that's going to be going out there.
0: Right. Yeah, no, continue. Sorry.
1: Yeah. And then what we do, um, uh, lastly, is that then we turn it into a, like a real business. So, what I mean by that is that, you know, uh, it's not just so easy to just go out there and start doing Facebook advertisements there has got to be a lot more to it so we put in the the workflows, the systems, the methods, the processes, the procedures Mm -hmm. um, into place to turn it into a real business. We also uh, put in the campaigns we put in and then we go uh, deep into the psychological aspect of why would people uh, want to give Andrew money as compared to uh, hundreds of thousands of other Andrews who are available and offering the same service. So there's a deep psychological uh, process that we go into uh, and you know, we go into human decision triggers and and driving behavior as to why they would want to part with their money, uh, and that's how we construct a business. And
0: tell us, F- Faisal, the business coaching and suppose the program world, I think it's under scrutiny of small, but there's a lot of people, and it's no disrespect to your program. There's a lot of people online trying to sell other entrepreneurs courses do you think it's a a part of the market that's going to be under more scrutiny because a lot of these courses aren't really credited do you think there will be more regulation coming in in the next few years
1: yeah, I mean, right. So, yes and no. Um, uh, the regulation always follows um, something. When I, this is what my uh, personal experience is. Uh, regulation follows um, uh, or 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 uh, is impl- implemented in a, in an industry where there is a lot of scam right? Uh, Where there's a lot of scam, when there is a lot of bad blood, where there's a lot of people who have been cheated off uh, off money. Um, My understanding of this particular market is, uh, mind you, this is fairly new to me. You know, I've been in this market myself only two years uh, uh, as such. So I'm still trying to find uh, my ground in it. However, my understanding of this market is that you don't have a lot of uh, people ripping people off money. Uh, You may not be able to get uh, what you you uh, were hoping for, what you were willing for, or what you, so you may not be able to match the expect your own expectations of what you thought that course would be, or what you thought that program would be. But I don't think uh, it has come to a point where, uh, you know, people are um, getting cheated off their money, um, at least not in my opinion. And to be honest with you, uh, listen, you know, I come uh, from a regulatory background anyway. So, um, you know, so if the regulation was to happen even better, uh, because regulation happens uh, for good reasons uh, to protect everybody's interest even for uh, you know it happens even for uh, to protect the interest of companies like us uh, like like ourselves so yeah i mean if it was to come
0: we would um, uh, literally
1: uh, accept it with open arms yeah
0: just i've noticed quite a lot especially in the property world there's people trying to sell you property crash courses over a weekend that could cost thousands of pounds and to be honest from my feedback and just even watching some of them some of these courses if I read a book enough I could nearly uh, create a seminar myself so I've heard mixed opinions about some courses online but look it only takes a few bad courses to drag the whole industry down I guess Property um, is very different I was in property for,
1: uh, like almost like nine years and we were super duper active. We are still, we are not as active anymore, but we were very active, uh, when we were active. Uh, I know, uh, property inside out. I would like to think. Right. Uh, I'm not an expert, but, you know, at least my game, what I was doing, I, 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 you know, I know it inside out. And even then, and I'm now in the training space. And even then I have not got into property training courses. Um, and there is a reason behind it. When you are talking about um, Property courses, uh, and when you're talking about property courses not being or not doing the job, yes, that is hundred percent true. So that's a different game altogether. Uh, that's a different sector altogether. Uh, unfortunately, in property, you will find both in the the actual uh, physical aspect of doing property or running a property business, and also in the property uh, courses side of things, you will find a lot of people who are. Um, uh, if I may say, so wannabes, so they do not fake actually, they make. have not actually, sorry, okay.
0: fake it till you make
1: it type people. Correct, spot on. Uh, you've you, you you know you've you you've said the right word. So unfortunately, that becomes a real challenge um, uh, from uh, for for people who are actually you know novices and do not know how the world works, and they get trapped literally by more noise, or they get trapped by people who are running more advertisement and who are in front of them. Um, and, and 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 I'll be honest with you, um, Andrew. I um, we even uh, the property the uh, insiders, as in the people who are the industry insiders like me we have a real challenge as well because we don't know who we are dealing with so you know we get calls all the time from um, strangers and say you know i have been doing this that and the other and and they go on to these silly courses and they want to implement that with companies like us yeah. Right, uh, so we are on the back end uh, facing the facing the music because we have got a lot of people who end up wasting our time, and now I've got a strict well for now a few years now we have got a strict qualification and a disqualification process, um, you know, uh, and uh, I suppose you have to have that. So yeah, un- unfortunately, property world uh, is very different to
0: this entrepreneurship world uh, that I found for sure. And tell us fast, as said, you've five six, five or more companies that have been successful and media career that has done well. What's the future for you now? Right,
1: so um, what we are uh, up to and on to is... Um, so, what, right, so we've done two things to help other people get into business. One, one is we have created um, the right technology. Uh, and the second thing is, um, uh, is that, Andrew, we have created the formulas and the frameworks and the blueprints of um, people getting into how people can get into business in the easiest way possible. Right. Um, So from my point of view, what I'm trying to do now uh, and what the future holds for us, uh, I presume, is we are going to be. Uh, looking into creating more and more entrepreneurs. Uh, I would like to think we are onto something. By the way, we are one of one of the only companies in the world right now, uh, as per, you know, uh, my team's research, who is actually providing a complete done for you service, where we are building the entire operations for people you know. um, So, you know, we are going to be, we will be looking to expand that.
0: Fassal, I'm going to have to leave it there. We're running out of time, but thanks a lot for calling in today. It was great chatting with you and I wish you the best of luck with your future businesses. I hope everything goes well and well done on your successes so far. And thanks again for calling. It was great chatting to you. Thanks again, guys, for listening to this podcast. I'd really, really appreciate it if you could share the podcast with your friends and family. And I hope you have a lovely day. Take care. Bye now.